0: So here's the funny part of asking Russ to do that. I wish you could just, uh, he just gets so excited about an Old Testament history lesson. And I asked him to do that 30 minutes ago. So you have to know, he carries around those dates in his head. He did not have time to go Google it, Wikipedia it or anything. He carries that timeline in his head. And anytime you want a lesson on that, he would be more than happy to give it to you. Um, One of the things he said uh, when I preached this three years ago that he didn't say explicitly today he said it a little bit but explicitly he said for every word of doom and gloom the prophets offered a corresponding word of hope for every word of doom and gloom there's a corresponding word of hope so I want you to hang on to that and I hope you heard when he was reading um, scripture the number of times the word scattered is used. Now just imagine three years ago when we're all here in the room together how different that sounded. We really know what it feels like to be scattered. Nothing like the Babylonian exile, nothing like uh, slavery in America, uh, taking a people out of a homeland that is Africa and bringing them here, scattering them, All over the United States I don't want to compare at all what we are experiencing by not being able to be in church together but there are these nuggets of correlation we can make all throughout I did say uh, three years ago when I preached this the first thing I said was I got up after Russ had finished doing scripture and I said here's why we work he gives you that great Old Testament timeline with such enthusiasm and he just loves it so much And then the first sentence of my sermon is, I love the Waffle House. And so that's why we work, because we can do both of those things. The title of the sermon today is Scattered, Smothered, and Covered. I love the Waffle House. It's cheap, it's good, I don't need a menu. At a place named the Waffle House, it seems to me that one ought to stick with the Waffles but a quick search of their website indicates otherwise. Here's what their website says. It's the hash browns where the Waffle House really shines. The Waffle House hash browns come six ways. Traditional, scattered and smothered, that's with onions. Scattered, smothered, and covered, that's with onions and melted cheese. Scattered, smothered, covered, and chunked. Scattered, smothered, covered, chunked, and topped and scattered, smothered, covered, chunk, and diced. It's a lot of words. My sister-in-law and her cousin worked there one summer while in college, and they still tell funny stories. They say most of them that cannot be repeated from pulpits. But I do remember them telling about how they had to study the book of ordering phrases to yell to the cook. And Adair said that they were constantly adding new varieties to the hash browns that they had to memorize. Scattered, smothered, and covered is the way to order hash browns with onions and melted cheese. But that phrase came to me as I studied this text from Ezekiel. We spent the last months following the journey with Moses and the children of Israel from Egypt to the promised land. And what a journey! It was with its ups and downs, its sorrows and joys, its mistakes and accomplishments. They finally arrive and no more get there and settled and they mess up again. It's called being human, I guess. But through it all, they had been together. And that had been the most important thing. They were together guided by God through Moses and Aaron and later Joshua, and God was with them every step of the way. But then some six to 700 years later, they found themselves exiled, scattered to Babylon. They got separated. They had relied on each other. They had leaned on each other for all those years and they had taught every generation to do the same, to rely on each other and to lean on each other. But along the way, they forgot who they were and they forgot who God was. And now they are living in exile, scattered about in a foreign land, and God steps in to save the day again god steps in to save the day don't you remember that's what god did when the children of israel were in captivity under the pharaoh's rule god set a bush of fire and called moses to lead the people out of slavery and into the land the freedom of a land of promise that would be flowing with milk and honey now when i preached this three years ago We had spent that three months walking our way through that whole story with Moses and the children of Israel, and they reached the promised land, and there was great rejoicing. But in the grand scheme of time, six to seven hundred years is not that long, and so we find ourselves today practically right back where they had started. Only this time, the people are in exile instead of captivity, and this time, God says, I myself will search for my sheep. I will seek them out. I will rescue them from all the places to which they've been scattered. I will bring them out and gather them. I will feed them. I myself will be the shepherd of my sheep. I will seek the lost. I will bring back the strayed. I will bind up the injured. I will strengthen the weak. I will feed them with justice. Now, with all this shepherd and sheep talk from Ezekiel, we're reminded of that most famous psalm, which is most often read at funerals, but it's not about dying at all. The 23rd psalm is about living. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. And then there's all this talk of green pastures and still waters and right paths. And walking through dark paths and preparing tables and goodness and mercy following us as long as we live not a psalm about death it's a psalm about God and us and the living of our days since the very beginning of the story of the people of God God has been about gathering people together it is who God is and it is what God does Russ told us earlier every word of doom has a corresponding word of hope. We certainly need to remember that in this day when every time we turn on the news we are scared to death. I said that three years ago. I probably said it 20 years ago. I certainly can say it today. It's either some new doom and gloom, murder hornets, or some old doom and gloom just getting repeated over and over and over again, racism. I believe it's up to us, the church, to offer that corresponding word of hope. Nobody's going to do it if we don't do it. For every word of doom and gloom, it is the church's responsibility to offer a corresponding word of hope, even when we do not feel it. I added that sentence in 2020, because I don't feel hope every single day, but it is our job as the church to continue to offer a corresponding word of hope that God is with us, that God is calling us to be a part of a movement toward justice, goodness, mercy, love, acceptance, welcome, affirmation. That is our job as the church. That is a word of hope when we push ourselves to speak this truth into the void of hope that is filled with gloom and doom, our job is to call to the surface injustices and speak a word of hope. Not glib, trite, pithy hope. Real hope. That's going to take a lot of work in 2020. This 34th chapter of Ezekiel's prophetic voice is that word of hope about a God who gathers the people together. If indeed Ezekiel was right that God had scattered the people because they forgot who they were and who God was, that was Ezekiel's take on it. Well, if he was right, then Ezekiel was most certainly right that God was the one to smother and cover them as well scattered, smothered, and covered. It's not just for Waffle House hash browns. It is who God is and what God does. One of my favorite images in all of the Bible is found in Luke's Gospel when Jesus is just about to enter Jerusalem on his final journey. And Jesus says, How often have I desired to gather your children together as a hen gathers her brood under her wings. I love that mothering image of having the brood together. I have determined that so far, now keep in mind when I wrote this, this was my first year as an empty nest parent. I've determined that so far the best thing about an empty nest is Thanksgiving break. Gathering my chicks back into the nest where I can protect and nourish and nurture them is who I am and it's what I do. I know that my job includes scattering them into the world so that they can make a difference in the world. I don't always like that part of my job, but I must do all of the job, scatter them into the world so that they might change the world all the while making sure they are smothered and covered with my love. One commentator on this text says what is of first importance then in this scene from Ezekiel's prophecy is the recreation of a viable community. Care for the individual members of the flock seeking the lost, tending to the injured, strengthening the weak. That is presented as a reversal of the injustices that had been inflicted upon the flock. Seeking the lost, tending to the injured, strengthening the weak. The recreation of a viable community that had been scattered. Russ mentioned at the very beginning that the Ministry Council plus some medical people and a young person and senior adults have been added to this task force for us to figure out how to regather when the time comes but let us remember just because we can't physically be together the way we want to be we are still a viable community we can still love and work and assist, and give, and share, and connect, even when we can't be together the way we want to be together. The church is not closed. We are just scattered. But the people of God still lived in scattered lands, doing the work of God wherever they found themselves. I may know how to smother and cover the scattered in our home for Thanksgiving, but do I know how to do that for the world? Do I use my influence and my privilege to smother and cover the scattered within the circles that I run? And if I don't know any scattered in the circles in which I run, then I need some new circles. The world seems so big I feel so small but there are places in this world where I hold the power to take the scattered ones and smother and cover them with the love of God but when I look at all the ministries and missions of which our church is a part the possibilities are endless And I think we often look at all these possibilities and we feel overwhelmed and then our sense of overwhelmed paralyzes us and we end up doing nothing except either feeling defensive or guilty. Defensive and guilty. Those things do not serve the work of God very well. We don't have to save the whole world. That's God's job. We just have to do our part in the nooks and crannies and corners of the world in which we live. Maybe it's at Marie G. Davis Elementary School or some other school and oh my goodness, will the schools need us now more than ever? Will the teachers need us now more than ever? Will the students need us now more than ever? Will the parents need us now more than ever? How will we be a corresponding word of hope to the doom and gloom that all of our educators are feeling this day? We just have to do our part in the nooks and crannies and corners of the worlds in which we live. Maybe it's with the homeless. Maybe it's in a prison. Oh, to return to Cuba and let it be there. Maybe it's with something at crisis assistance. Maybe it's just sending your money now. It's interesting, all the ministries that I read off that day, that we can't do the same way now. But is the corresponding word of doom and gloom, is that corresponding word of hope today thinking creatively? thinking a new thought that's never been thought before about ways in which to be involved when we cannot physically be together safely. Wherever you are, wherever you find yourself, that is likely the place that needs the love of God that looks like a shepherd that tends his flock, feeding them, finding the lost ones, bringing them back into the fold, giving them a place to graze, providing water, wherever you are, wherever you find yourself, that is likely the place that that needs the love of God, like a mother hen, gathering her brood under her wings, providing comfort and protection and rest for the weary. We can do this. We can be God's shepherds. And God's hands if we all did even our own small parts it would change the world so three years ago I texted my sister-in-law and I said I've got this crazy sermon title that I got from the Waffle House scattered covered and smothered you weren't there tell me how I'm gonna relate this sermon title to the love of God and she finished my sermon for me with her Adair said I remember feeling a little out of place at the Waffle House not just because Beth and I were the only college students that worked there but because all the other waitresses and cooks were a close-knit family they didn't have anything but they helped each other out I remember one waitress babysitting the cooks children so that she could come to work and I remember another waitress waiting at the Waffle House for an hour or more after she had gotten off work because another waitress needed a ride home when she got off work. I remember all of us giving some of our tip money to another waitress whose husband had left her with two small children. She had used her Waffle House money to pay the rent, and she didn't have any money left for diapers and formula. Another of the cooks was the ugliest, maybe most redneck boy I had ever been exposed to in my life. He was so country that I couldn't even understand what he was saying sometimes, and when I could understand him, he was crude and downright mean. But you know, he was the one who suggested that we take up the money for the waitress in need. Scattered, smothered, and covered, ended up not having anything to do with hash browns and onions and cheese. It had to do with tending, and protecting, and feeding, and taking care of each other. My hometown of Clinton, South Carolina, is located on the interstate almost exactly halfway between Columbia and Greenville in upstate South Carolina. At one time, this was known as the busiest exit in something like the southeast. So at the Clinton exit, they built a Waffle House on each side of the exit. I guess it's the best place to smother and cover the scattered. Three years ago, I said, as we come off of this Thanksgiving weekend and head into a season of Advent waiting to prepare for the coming of the Christ child again into our lives, maybe we should all make a visit to the Waffle House just to remind ourselves of what the love of God looks like and acts I'll do what I always do and order a waffle. But maybe this time I might get a side of hash browns too. Well, don't go to Waffle House, y'all. Not yet. Let it be your first foray into a repopulated, regathered world and get your side of hash browns. For now we stay scattered, but we are covered, smothered with the love of God, and may we be so infused with that kind of love that in every place we find ourselves, even in our scattered condition, may we find ways to bring that love of God. To all people. May it be so. Amen.